Good afternoon, Bards Nation. How's everybody doing today? This is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023, and this is Bended Knee. This is Duncan McGregor. I will be covering Scott today, possibly tomorrow. We shall see. He had something come up. So guys, this week, Scott has been talking a lot about knowing our red lines, knowing where our lines are. And I figured that I would continue with this a little bit because one of the big conversations that I've been having with a lot of people recently is understanding the difference between anger and righteous anger and then what to do. And as Christians, you know, are we here to pray or are we here to pray and do more? And that's a big question that we have because a lot of us are seeing things every single day that just put us beside ourselves. And there's a lot going on, especially with the help us with these children that put us into this spot where many of us are to the point where we want to throw rocks. We want to do something to get things going, to make some difference, to protect those that can't help themselves as we can. So in scripture, um, you know, when, when Jesus was just about to, you know, be captured for his crucifixion, um, there was a point where Simon Peter pulled out a sword, cut off the man's ear and Christ immediately looked at him and said, you know, put your sword back in your sheath because those who live by the sword also die by the sword. And Jesus is right, but there's a specific term in what live by the sword means. A man who lives by the sword, generally a gladiator, a warrior, a general, someone in those positions will use their sword as their first option. That is their go-to. And that's where Jesus told, you know, Simon Peter, listen, you know, put the sword back. You know, do you not trust my father who has the capability of sending legions of angels down here to take care of business if needed to? But there have been many, many times, um, just like with Simon Peter, where swords have been drawn. And there are times where it's not needed, but there are times where it has been asked of our Lord Almighty. And an example with David. And many of us are in this predicament right now because it's hard not to be angry watching what's happening right now. Every day we read something, especially dealing with these children, the United Nations is now trying to make pedophilia legal, um, you know, between adults and kids of a certain age, which is unbelievable to even hear that they're at this point, but they are openly pushing the whole push for pedophilia now, even to the point where, like I said, the United Nations is now calling for this. I read an article last night that just broke my heart. And it was another kid that they found at the border who they tested and found 65 different DNA strands in this child. Um, and it just shows you this is what's happening right now with the kids that are being trafficked around the world. And it's absolutely horrifying and disgusting. And it fills us with a lot of anger because we feel the need to do something about it. But once again, is there a time as a Christian to draw the sword or are we always committed to praying? And, you know, and I always want to go with what David was because there was a point where David had to collect the five rocks and he ended up taking down the giant um, and God needed him to do this. He picked five rocks. One of them he used against Goliath, he ended up removing his head. But those other four rocks were for um, four brothers of Goliath, four more different giants, and it never came to fruition, fortunately. But David was asked to do something where other people were scared and they stood down, afraid to face their enemy. Um, a skinny little shepherd stood up and did what he needed to do because he listened to God. And then carrying forward that same man, David, anytime that he would go in the battle, he would always start with prayer, which is where we should always start. See, to live by the sword means to use that as your first option. But as Christians, the sword should never be the first option. It should always be the last option. However, it is always an option that we need to consider at some point. Like I said, as Christians, we don't want to we don't want to go to war. We don't want to see violence. But 
we're also seeing things happen around because God asked us to help those that are not as helpful as we are, people that aren't as capable as we are. We must stand up and do what we can for them. And that includes the children and everything that is going on and happening to them around this world. We must pray. We must always pray. We must fall to our knees as a first resort always. We must use compassion and any means that we possibly can to solve any situation. Our resolution should never start with violence. It should always, like I said, be an absolute last resort. So I've got a couple of things that I'm going to talk about here. Um, because we were created in the image of our father. We were created in the image of our God. And, you know, even Jesus um, was a very passive person on this earth. But we have seen examples where Jesus flipped tables. We see examples of, of the great warrior Jesus that will be coming back that Revelation talks about. So in Isaiah 42, 13, the Lord will march out like a champion, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. And that's going to be Jesus's, um, you know, purpose when he comes back to this earth. Now we did see the loving passive Jesus many, many times throughout scripture. But like I said, we also saw the Jesus that had it and flipped the tables and we must do the same. At some point we must flip the tables. Does that mean that we need to draw the sword and go into battle? No, absolutely not. That does not mean that we need to make that our first choice. Matter of fact, like I said, it needs to be the last choice. It should always start with prayer. It should start with acts of compassion. But there may be a point where those acts of compassion are no longer what's required. And Jesus or God may call us into battle at some point, which is why I am going to be titling this episode, God's Call to Battle. It is very clear in the Bible that God is a warrior. Revelation 19, 12 through 16 says his eyes are like blazing fire and his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword, which, which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads in the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So in this, we see Jesus, way different representation of what we saw him. Like I said, even in Jesus's walk on this earth, he was a compassionate man, but he was always a warrior. And when this time comes for judgment, when Jesus comes down, we're going to see a very different Jesus than we saw before. We're going to see more of a gladiator Jesus than the calm, peaceful Jesus that we saw spreading his compassion and his love, which is the most important thing. The most important lesson is to teach us first the importance of prayer, the importance of love, the importance of compassion, and the importance of doing things without the sword, if, if all possible. But like I said, there are many, many examples throughout scripture where it has moved past that point. And God has called his people, the children on this earth to step up and do something in a more, um, physical means than what Jesus taught most of us. But like I said, the lessons of calmness, peace, and compassion were absolutely important to make sure that we didn't run around using the sword as our, as our object to begin with. So, I've got a couple of examples that I'm going to be going through and reading here of the peaceful Jesus compared to the warrior Jesus once we get done with this prayer for today. But this is a common subject that's been brought up to me more recently than it ever has. And it's people like myself, like Scott, many of us that are like this, that are just wired 
um, as warriors, you know, as peaceful warriors first. But like I said, it's difficult for us, you know, to stand down and watching during this time, which is more important that we reach out in prayer to Jesus, not just for discernment, which is the one prayer that I've added to every prayer over the last couple of years is understanding, you know, Heavenly Father, please give us discernment to understand what we need to do. But one thing that I have added to my prayers over these last couple of days that I haven't, and I found it to be important, is guidance. The prayer of guidance is so important because the last thing that we want to do is to make a move upon our will out of, out of um, earthly anger because there's a big difference between earthly anger and righteous anger, which Scott has discussed many, many times over the past. And, you know, so I've added that prayer for guidance so that we have a better understanding as to what moves we need to make and how to listen to God so that we don't just run into war, that we do things the way that God wants us to, that God intends us to, and that God needs us to, because we don't always know our mission necessarily, but God is there to give us a sermon to do so. So it is now 3.11 um, here at Central Time. Um, guys, so we're going to go ahead and get into a little bit of spiritual warfare. So if you would please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, once again, as usual, I want to start off just thanking you, thanking you for all the beauty that you have brought into our lives. Thank you for having us question and reach out in prayer before we make any move in any decision. Heavenly Father, you have blessed us with so many things. You have blessed us with hearts to love. You have blessed us with the ability to recognize the importance of our relationship with you and to accept you into our heart, to repent for the things that we have done wrong. And we work harder and harder every day, dear Lord, to be better people. But in the midst of trying to better ourselves, we are in the midst of, of a hot war right here on this earth, a war that many people don't see. And even furthermore, Heavenly Father, we are in a spiritual battle that even some of the wisest people on this earth can't see. So Heavenly Father, I ask you during this time, as we want to do everything that we can to serve you in the greatest ways, not through our flesh, not through our own decisions, but through what you need us to do, dear Lord. As AK21 says, through wisdom, discernment, and patience, dear Lord, we need that more than we ever have, dear Lord. And patience is a difficult one right now, watching everything that is happening, because we were designed to be compassionate, to be loving. And with that compassionate love, Father, we also have the desire to help those in need, to help those that aren't as strong as we are. And it gets confusing down here, Father. And we always start with prayer. We start with prayer, community union. We break the division as we come together, dear Lord, and we speak to each other in your name so that we can better understand what missions you have for us as a whole, but also individually. Heavenly Father, I ask so much during this time that you bring the largest amount of discernment that you can bring to us so that we can understand what you are telling us. And Heavenly Father, I ask that you bring us guidance during this time, the guidance that helps us understand what we need to do so that we're not following our will, but yours, so that we are acting upon what you need us to do and not what we think we need to do. Dear Lord, my decisions, what runs around my head become so confusing sometimes because I want to be that loving, prayerful, compassionate, peaceful soldier that you have put onto this earth. But sometimes, Father, sometimes we need to be the warrior in the garden. We need to understand that it may be time to draw the sword, but we need to stay in that garden until you say that it's time to come out. Heavenly Father, right now we would rather be the warrior in the garden 
than the gardener in the war. We need to prepare ourselves both mentally and physically. We, under, we need to understand all the tools that we have that you have given us that is in our spiritual artillery. We need to mend that armor, the, the heavenly armor that you have given us, dear Lord, so that we can not only work through this, this hot war, but we can work through this spiritual war, the one that we don't see. We need to understand further and more what our enemy has planned to do against us so we can understand the tactics that they're using so that we're better equipped to fight the enemy. Heavenly Father, This the, the enemy is going at some point. They're using information. They're using division. Satan is using every kind of deception that he possibly can to confuse us, to turn us away from you, to turn our hearts cold, but to keep those that don't know you from knowing you. Heavenly Father, first and foremost, our job right now is to love, to spread the gospel, to pray, to do everything that we can in every situation to wake one more soul up, dear Lord, and bring them to you in hopes that they can find through our actions the inspiration and the love that we see when we when we talk about you and we serve you, that they may see that as well and become great warriors on your side. But dear Lord, if it is time, if it comes to a day where we need to pick up that sword, where we need to defend ourselves, where we need to protect the innocence of children and make this change on the earth, dear Lord, please let us not hesitate. Dear Lord, let us know full in our heart, all of us together, so we can talk to each other and know that we are on the right page, and it is time. But until that time, Father, let us find every other method in our artillery to fight this evil without the sword. If prayer is what we need, dear Lord, let us pray like we've never prayed before. But dear Lord, if it is time, if it is time to battle, to draw that sword, I ask that you always remind us first and foremost, that we drop to our knees and we ask you to lead us in the way that we need to be led so that we don't have any confusion as to what we're doing, so that we can serve you in every way that we that you need us to serve us or to serve you, that we can fight in every way that you need us to fight, dear Lord. And I thank you. I thank you for giving us the love, the courage, and the commitment to even question what we need to be doing right now because we want to serve you. We want to serve you in, in your will, not ours. And Heavenly Father, I ask that you give us patience, strength, discernment, and more guidance every single day. Let us unify, come together, dear Lord, and stop this evil around the world. Stop the poisoning of the people around the world and to stop the harming and the trafficking of the children that is getting more and more prevalent around this world, dear Lord. We need to stand up. We need to serve you in every way that we can. But dear Lord, we need your guidance more than we ever have. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. Guys, this is a tough one. It's a real tough one because I see I see mixed emotions every time I have this conversation um, in Kilted Christian. Every time, I, it's about 50-50 of people that say, listen, we need to stay in prayer. But I also see people that are ready to throw those rocks. And it's a tough one. Because we want to live as Christ. We want to live as the peaceful, compassionate person. But we also want to serve Christ in those other ways. Just like he picked David at one point to, to remove the giant. Is he going to pick us at some point to remove our own giant? The giant of the Canaanites. The giant of the evil that has taken over this earth. The tyranny within the government. What do we do, Father? That's the big question. So Matthew 5.39. But I will tell you. Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them to the other cheek also. You know, and that doesn't sound like the warrior Jesus. That's the peaceful, loving, kind Jesus that we learned on this earth. Matthew 5, 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. 
You know, that's not warrior Jesus either. That's compassion Jesus, compassionate Jesus. That's where he wants us to start. He wants us to begin always with compassion. If someone walks a mile, walk two miles with them. This is what we were asked to do. Compassion, love, and peace. But sometimes, sometimes things change. So in Matthew um, 5, 7, he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. But once again, in Old Testament, David stood there with Goliath's head in his hand. You know, after he chopped off his head after killing the giant. See, there are times in our lives when God will call us into battle. He will. There are also times in our lives when God will judge and fight the battle for us. And there's many examples of that happening too. Just like when Jesus said to Simon Peter, he said, you know, put the sword back in the sheath because a man who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Do you not trust my father who could bring a legion of angels down here right now to take care of business? And he will. But here's the difference. If we go in all willy nilly with the sword fighting upon our own will, we're not going to have those angels at our back. But if we go into a war or into a battle because God has asked us to, we will have those legions of angels at our back help, helping us. If we were to walk in and fight a million-man army with 300 men, if we have those angels at our backs, we could easily destroy that army without question. There's nothing they can do about it. However, we could also have a million-man army going against 300 enemies. And if we don't have God's will, if we're not doing it because God asked us to, our million people could be destroyed by their 300 because God did not have our back. See, the key is knowing when to fight and when to wait. That's the most important thing that we have to struggle with right now. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that he can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of his dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in his heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that the day the evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in your place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So when we arm ourselves in the word of God, we are ready for any battle that comes our way. We can become his mighty warrior at the appropriate time and place. Sometimes the fight is about loving our enemy. And sometimes the fight is about running towards the battlefield and defending our own. Sometimes we have to battle what is right and what is God's. It all depends on his order because our heavenly father is our great commander. And we need to learn how to listen. And like I said, sometimes it, it's a matter of prayer. It's a matter of loving thy enemy. It's a matter of peace. But sometimes we're forced to defend ourselves and we're forced to defend the innocents that are not capable as we are to take care of themselves. See, we must know, Mary, thank you. We must know the battle we are in. So are you ready to hear God's call to battle? Would you know if you were called? So pray today and ask God to help you be the warrior that he needs you to be at the right time and the right place. And those are the key words at the right time and the right place. 
obviously, if the evil comes to your door, you're going to be forced to defend yourself. You're going to be forced to defend your family. But the last thing that we need to do is seek the sword and start being offensive. We're not offenders. We are loving Christians. We were meant to defend. And I'm going to always, I always go back to Braveheart. You know, Braveheart, um, and it's so funny because uh, Scott and I talked about this last night, is that one of the lines that when people watch Braveheart that they get so inspired by is the same line that everybody forgets when they are put into that situation. And those li that line is fight and you may die, live, or excuse me, run and you, fight, you may die, live, or run and you may live another day. But are you willing to die in your bed many years from now and forgoing this chance to come here and face your enemy so that you can end this today? Because it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. And those lines inspired a lot of people because they're like, yes, we are warriors. We are patriots. We are fighters. But when we're put into that situation, we tend to become meek. We tend to, to fall away and not want to fight this. But here's the deal is that the evil isn't going to stop. It's not going to stop until Jesus comes down after we have been taken home to make judgment upon this world. And as a video that I saw yesterday when they were like, Are you, you know, is he seeking judgment? We don't want the, the judgment because if God was to judge, all would go to hell. We need grace. And that grace was offered when Christ died on that cross. It doesn't mean that we don't need to follow the commandments. We absolutely do. But there's a huge difference in, like I said, in murder and killing. Murder is when you go out and you seek the violence, when you become offensive. Killing is a whole different story. Sometimes killing is necessary in order to protect your family. What would you do for your family? And then ask yourself, what would God do for his family? God would do everything he can to protect us. And like I said, none of us want to be violent, as Christians especially. We would love to get through this all in prayer, good deeds, compassion, and peace. But the enemy doesn't care about that. We must be ready to do whatever it takes. And we must, like Scott said, we need to learn our red lines. We need to figure out what those red lines are to make sure that they are never crossed. You know, is, is your red line going to be when they, you know, when they're talking about taking guns, when they're talking about taking our Bibles, or is your red line going to be when they actually come for your guns and they come for your Bible? See, this is the point is that eventually this is going to come to our doorsteps and we're not going to have a choice. See, the key to this the offensive aspect that they're trying to get us to do is to get into a war with one another. But see, the devil uses his biggest tactic is creating division amongst all of us. Division amongst race, division amongst culture, division amongst politics, division amongst gender, and division even now amongst Christians who argue often about, about little things. And the thing is, is we don't need to argue about anything as Christians. We need to have a conversation, talk about this, have a better understanding. Maybe someone will bring something to the table that you didn't consider before. And that is the beauty about the unity within the Christians. And we can't fall for the division. We can't be lured into their tactics of fighting an enemy that they're posing to us. Because look, no matter what people's views are, whether they are liberal political views, whether they're black and we're white, we need to stay away from that division. See, those people aren't our enemies. Those people have been indoctrinated. Those people are still the children of God and children of Jesus, and they have the ability through Christ to find Christ and to turn their lives around. At the moment that they get on their knees and accept Christ into their heart, repent for everything that they've done that was wrong. Guys, our enemy is Satan. Our enemy is are the demons that Satan brings to this earth. Our enemies 
are the Jezebel spirits and the evil that have indoctrinated and possessed the many, many, many people around this world. But it's not the people that have been possessed. It is those that possess the people. And this is the one thing that we have to remember is to keep loving the man and the women of this earth, no matter how different their views are, because God asked us to love the sinner, but hate the sin. And remember is that sin is the possession and the indoctrination. The sin is those evil people that are running and controlling everything at Satan's will. But even those people that we just despise, like the Pelosi's and the shifts and the people that we're just like, man, there's no way they can turn their hearts around. They are pure evil. They've done some of the most horrific things. They're still children of God too. And we need to remember that. We need to be very careful because remember that they are our real enemy. They, if, if there's anyone that needs to be removed from the equation with violence, it is them. But remember, we have to be very careful not to get pulled in to fighting fellow man and fellow woman. And that is a hard one sometimes because, like I said, you know, we see the evil within the person. But we must first sit back and recognize that a lot of this is spiritual possession. It's demonic possession. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we are in a hot war, right? We, we've been in a cold war. We've been in a fifth generation warfare with information. And now we are officially in a hot war. And here's the sad part is that 50% of our world, at least, if not more, don't even realize we're in a hot war, a physical war, one that you can see with your own eyes, you can hear about, wars that you can smell. That's right here on the earth. But then, even worse, we've got the spiritual war, which is near impossible to see. You know, it's hard to see the demons, but we can see the host of the demons. It's hard to see the devil, but we can see the deeds of the devil, but we need that discernment and we need that guidance so that we can understand it and see it more. Right now, today, the 19th of April begins one of the biggest um, Celtic celebrations um, that, that there is. This part of the year is considered the light aspect of the year, and it begins of the spring equinox, which the pinnacle of this is on May 1st, which is known as Whitson or Beltane. Um, for those of you that listened to Bards FM last night, Greg Reese um, spoke briefly about this. And this is one of those year, this is one of those times of the year. Um, I would say it's probably the second most important um, celebration or equinox or estimate um, that belongs to the Celtic group. This, the, the main one being um, Solon, which is what we call Halloween or all um, what we call Halloween. So this time of the year, there are blood rituals. But for the most part, um, it's about procreation, which is where the whole Easter bunny and uh, fertility and all that stuff comes into it. So I, I have witnessed um, these celebrations myself in old Scotland, and I'm going to be doing a show specifically about this topic on May 1st to let you understand um, everything that goes into a lot of these ceremonies, especially the one that's coming up. Because like I said, there are blood rituals that take place. But in this one, it's more about fertility. So you're more likely to see sexual deviance, um, orgies and things like that, because this is the time of the year where they conceive the children, sadly, that they sacrifice um, nine months later, um, which is what Solon is, um, which is the dark season of the Celts. So they tie in hand in hand. Like I said, I, I've seen um, some of these celebrations and these festivals myself firsthand. Um, and I also know that even the one that I was at that I saw with my own um, eyes was a distraction from the real one that was going down elsewhere in Scotland where the real witches were doing their real ceremonies. So they even use these things as distractions. 
But we must know our enemy. The more we know, the more we know about our enemy, the more we know about our enemy's tactics, the better equipped we are to pray against it, to work against it, and to stop this evil without having to resort to the sword. But once again, we must always be ready like David to be ready to protect, to defend those that are more helpless than we are. God asks us to do that. And like I said, really at this point, it's a matter of praying, 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 talking to one another and calming us down during the time so that we understand the difference between the anger and the righteous anger that God asked of us so that we can make the change on this earth. But everybody, I want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Bended Knee. Um, I may be back tomorrow if I am. I'll be talking about the vision, um, which is also mentioned many, many, many times in Scripture, and the and the importance of staying unified during these times. Because one of the greatest tricks the devil did, other than the deception of this earth, was dividing us against one another. Because divided will fall together. We can win anything. So we need to bring these people back together. We need to have faith. Because if you have faith in God, then you have faith that any of these people that are running this earth right now, no matter how evil they are, have the ability to find God, to find Jesus, and to turn their hearts around. So that should be first. It should always start with prayer. It should always move into peace, love, and compassion. And the sword should be drawn at the last moment. However, we should always remember that there may be a time that the sword needs to leave the sheath. And we need to run into battle. But once again, I'm going to say this again. Pray today and ask God to help you be the warrior that he needs for you to be at the right time, at the right place. Everyone have an absolutely beautiful day. Um, for those of you who are going to be leaving, um, have a wonderful day. For those of you sticking around, I'm going to do about 30 minutes of music. And then we will, um, Scott will be back tonight for Bards FM and Fishers of Men. And then tonight I will be continuing our venture, our walk through Revelation, we'll be covering um, Revelation 3 and Revelation 4. Everyone have an absolutely beautiful day. I love you very, very much, and God bless. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, but this city of Houston 
This state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. Long years I've been in trouble. 
trouble, no pleasure here on earth I find. Farming babies with slaves are working 
blood is on the table and the mouth I'm choking I'm going hungry But I can't feed on the powerless when my cup's already overfilled. But it's on the table, the fire's cooking, and the farm and babies and the slaves are all working.
called her home Trying to find some ways to rest their bones While the angels and the devil try to make their own
myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting Try to kill it all away, but I remember everything. What have I become, my sweetest friend? Everyone I know goes away in the and you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you hurt I 
stay the hell away from me, you hear? I wear this crown of thorns upon my liar's chair, full of broken thoughts. I cannot repair beneath the stains of time. The feelings disappear. You are someone else. I am still right here. What have I become? My sweetest friend, everyone I know goes away in the end, and you could have it all. My empire of dirt, I will let you down. If I could start again, a million miles away, I would keep myself. I would find a way. Right, everybody. I want to thank you so much for joining us today for this bended knee. Um, I may be back tomorrow. It depends on what Scott is doing, but he will be back tonight for uh, Bards FM and for Fishers of Men. And once again, Kilted Christian, we will be moving further into our walk down Revelation. We're going to be doing a Revelation 3 and 4 this evening, so I hope to see you all there. But guys, I am always blessed to be able to uh, fill in for Scott. I love these shows. It's just another great excuse for me to dig into Scripture and understand it and learn it a little bit better. And I definitely listen to everybody and I listen to all the struggles that everyone is going through at the time. Guys, I just want to remind you this. You are certainly not alone. We are all very confused in this time. We get wound up. We get angry. But we have to lean on God and we have to lean on one another. We will get through this just fine because we know how this ends. And that's God wins. We just need to learn patience, ask for guidance, and pray for discernment. But guys, I love you all very, very much. I hope you have an absolutely beautiful rest of your evening. Make sure to uh, check out the next upcoming shows this evening. Um, Conley will be at 7 o'clock Central Time. And then right after that, Bards FM, Kilted Christian, and then Fishers of Men. Have an absolutely beautiful day. I love you all, and God bless.